Coming to you live from the second bedroom of Shane's apartment. This is the Shane and Scuba Steve podcast. Tuesday, May 4th is the recording time. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, May the 4th be with you. And also with your spirit. Lift it up. Oh, that's church. No, um, they <laughs> Yes. And we're back. Yes, we are. Did you uh did you catch like I like usually I feel like for May 4th there's always the the memes online of course. Mhm. And then people work it into random shit. Have you seen any of that today? The only thing I've seen today um is on the highways I've seen like the I don't call them billboards but like the light up uh yeah the signs. The signs and they've had two different ones. One was uh may the force be with you or, or no it was a uh, uh follow the force. And wear a seatbelt. Not a good one. Um, but the other one was, don't be a Sith, don't litter. And I was like, okay, I'll give you that one. Okay, all right. Don't uh, be a Sith, don't litter. Yeah, though I also, I was more, I enjoyed that because I was like, oh, I like the, the, I don't know, the Highway Patrol, I guess, was the one who puts it up there. But it's like, they believe the common citizen would know Sith is bad. Like, that's just, I guess, in everyone's mind is like, no, yeah, you don't want to be a Sith. True. Yeah, so true. But then it just got me thinking Star Wars weird stuff. Like, in episode three, Obi-Wan says to Anakin, he's like, only an a-, a Sith deals in absolutes. And it's like, but that's an absolute. Right there. That's an absolute. You're yep. a Sith. Obi-Wan's a Sith, confirmed. Someone, someone called George Lucas. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, have you seen any good uh, May the 4th uh, memes? No, just like shit on Twitter, but yeah, every year I think it's it, we hit like a peak internet point for May the Fourth, then it just mm-hmm. diminishes. Like it's diminished year over year since then. Yeah, well, I was gonna say the big thing this May the Fourth um, is that the Bad Batch it was released on Disney Plus today, um, which oh. I have not haven't watched it yet. So neither have I. But yes. I'm glad we know about it. So maybe next week we'll do a little uh, recap of the premiere of the Bad Batch. It is a trailer of the week alumnus. That is true. When do you question? If you know off the top of your head, when do you use alumni and alumnus? Do you, do you know the actual difference? So, no, I actually don't. I know it's. Uh, now I've got to like. Hey no hey hey hey! I'm not. I'm, you're not being graded on this. So uh, right? an alumnus, uh, according to Google, is a mm-hmm. graduate or former student, especially a male one, of a particular school, college, or university. An alumni is a female graduate, or an alumna is a female graduate, mm-hmm. and then I believe so, alumni. Alumni is the plural, hmm. and I believe there's a female plural as well, alumni. But the University of Waterloo, Canada, is currently guiding me to the solution. Oh, Waterloo, Canada. Huh. I know. So yeah, so alumnus is the masculine noun in Latin. Mm-hmm. Alumni is the plural. Mm-hmm. masculine noun alumna is the feminine noun mm-hmm. the plural is alumnae uh-huh. and then if the groups are both genders any group of people um gender aside it's alumni interesting interesting yeah well that's your word of the day everybody <laughs> alumnus yeah it's great Man. so uh we have a drink of the week this week well actually we do. welcome back to the chance to receive show thank you episode 56 episode 56 a new hope uh no that's not it's if that's the title uh, something's not horribly wrong um but we're back again yeah. this week like i was saying two seconds ago we have a drink of the week this week it's mm-hmm. margaritas yes because today's may the 4th but tomorrow is may 5th yes which is cinco de mayo which yes. is a huge holiday here in the states nowhere for else. americans yeah everywhere else people are like what okay cool yeah have fun getting drunk for no reason yeah, and often yeah. Uh, it's a. I, I forget. I put it in a message earlier today, but it's like a. It's over glamorized and mm-hmm. completely. It is not culturally appropriate at this point. I think anymore. Oh no, not at all. No. Yeah, especially because like restaurants are just like half off tequila drinks tonight. It's like, no, oh, that's all. Okay, that's what we will whittle it down to. Yeah, it's another cultural situation that we won't delve too deep into. But we're having margaritas. Yeah, we're on the bandwagon. Who cares? Um, off a, a recurring guest on our show, the Margarita. Hey, it's a great drink. It is a great drink. You know what? I'll jump in. I did mine shaken this evening. 
But you don't normally shake your margaritas? I do. Well, I do it on the rocks. Yeah, but you wouldn't shake it if it was on the rocks? I no. always I always shake a margarita. Okay, so I shake it because I don't want ice clicking in my glass so people could hear it because that was an, an early problem in our shows. But no, I've never shaken a margarita. I don't think I've just poured them into a glass and with ice and let the rocks do their job. Oh, you're insane. I've I've never yeah. not had a shaken margarita. I'm kind and, of and, hearing that I might be on the I might be on the off end of this one. Real quick though, I will do a timeout. I don't know. I've gone to a restaurant. I might have had because uh, we will batch a type of margarita. Like our house margarita, we just make big batches of that. Yep. All the other ones will make uh, or I don't shake the batched margarita. So I'll admit I might have in my life been given a margarita that was unshaken. But so you were briefly a Sith there because you dealt in an absolute. That's true. <sighs> All coming back into a one big circle. Ah uh, no. Uh, but yeah. But I always. Oh, I always shake my margaritas. That's half. Okay. That that's to me is half the f- reason to have a margarita. It's just the uh, uh, listeners. I am pantomiming, shaking uh, margarita glasses, going both sides of my sh- like both shoulders. I hope you can visualize me shaking on one side and then shaking on the other. Yep, I, I have the visual. So I think one thing about shaking drinks that I love. You're a bartender, so this is like, mm-hmm. you might not. You might hate this. Mm-hmm. I love how cold the shaker gets. Like a Boston shaker, mm-hmm. so cold. So oh yeah. nice. No, it's nice. I uh, when I'm shaking with the, the tin in a glass, it's yeah, it gets chilly really quick. Uh, what I do hate is sometimes people will want a margarita and they'll be like, "Oh, can you add like club soda or something to cut through because it's like the sour mix is too uh, strong," which I can understand doing. Yeah, but they'll still ask for it shaken, and now you want <sighs> me to shake up a drink that has soda in it, and it's just I can feel it getting the pressure building as I shake, and I'm just like, this isn't going to go well. Oh, God, that's terrifying. It happens more often than I want to happen. So I have – so have, has it ever popped on you? Um, a couple times. Usually what I will do is I'll, like, open it up before and I'll pour – maybe sometimes even pour some out and then do another shake for the person. But it's like, yeah, no. Like, it's a – you can just – it's like a time bomb. I'm just, like, waiting for it to go off. More often than not, I end up more so with a cap that just won't come off and then I look, like, super weak. Like a foot and, on the bar trying to like un- uncrack it. Yeah. And then I just have to go and pour it into a different margarita shaker and just because it's like, no, nah, I had this cap stuck on here forever. And the person's like, let me take it. It's like, no, 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 no. I know you won't get it. And we're not like, don't judge me. Like, no, nah, it's that's the cap. a mess way to happen, too. Yeah. Exactly. So that's yeah. that happened to do with a, a protein shaker bottle at my first job. Oh, and that's had the a, powder. Ugh. No, no, no. See, that's the good thing. I was cleaning it. Uh, I was like, I had already drank it. I'd rinsed it out too. And I was like, you know, I should like give this a good clean. So I, I threw some hot water in there, some soap, and just like capped it. And it was one of the ones that had like a built-in shaker ball. So yep. I didn't have to worry about that. And so I, I go to town, right? And I'm like, all right, let's, uh, let's like drain this thing out. So I pop the lid. And all of a sudden, it's just like a foam party at the sink. <laughs> and I found foam like on the, not on the ceiling tiles, but like, High on the cabinets, like every which direction. And I was like, you know, really, this might just be not the day. Might, might pack it up. <laughs> but it happened. Yeah. So, what kind of margarita are you drinking? Well, I like always. I like me my my pineapple. So I, if I can put it in a margarita, I do it. Today I got some. I got some pineapple. Okay. I got some sour. I've got some Grand Marnier. Uh, I got Ooh. some Patron Citronage, or I just cut it off and call it Patron Citron. A little bit of triple, and then I got my tequila Patron. So you have three types of citrus liqueur in there. Uh, is Grand Marnier considered a citrus liqueur? I, I know it's the triple orange liqueur, right? Mm, that's a good question. Well, I mean the Patron Citronage, uh, that's orange, and so is Triple Sec. But my Patron is just Patron. Uh, ah, it's nice silver. The um, Patron, yes, of course. But uh, yeah, ooh, it is delicious. No salt, not a salt guy. Not gonna do that. Yeah, you. So I am. Uh, I went to Trader Joe's this evening, mm-hmm. as one is wont to do when they need groceries. Mm-hmm. And as I was coming across the checkout, uh, my favorite mixer is back in stock. Ooh, let me guess. Um, olive and oyster brine. No, it's a close third though. Uh, it's there. A jalapeno limeade is back. Ooh, that does sound nice. So I remembered that I had a bottle in my fridge, and I was like, well, let's do this. By the way, for any Trader Joe's hoes out there, uh, like myself, is back in stock, at least in the one yeah. in the city. It's a, it's a fantastic summertime beverage. I will, I will I have mixed it with, I think, every kind of liquor at this point. 
it's delicious. But I got home, cracked some of that. Um, some of my ooh, what did I use? I think I just have a, an añejo tequila. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. That mix that up. Add some a little bit more fresh lime for a nice little bite. Of course. Add some cubes. Mm-hmm. Got it shaken. Pour into a small rocks glass, and now I'm sipping slowly. It's delicious. Oh, wonderful! A uh, quick, actually, two questions. You said you got some cubes in there. We uh, we talking uh, actually pre-made square cubes, or just two from the regular tray that any average show might have. Uh, right from the tray. Okay, now from and my second question, um, you called it the Trader Joe hose. What are the Whole Foods people and the Market Basket and Stop and Shop people if there are the Trader oh, Joe no. hoes? We got to start naming all the supermarket people. I, that was Trader Joe's at the top of my head. Um, Market Basket Bros? I like Market Basket. I'm a huge Market uh, of Basket Of course, guy. Market Basket. I was there today. Market Basket's great. It's... Fantastic meat selection. No, yeah. it's underrated. And frankly, oh. also, you do learn by going to different Market Baskets around the New England area. This is hyper niche content. Mm-hmm. Uh, their selections are all different. And I've noticed that there's uh, ones that I've gone to with a very limited international food section, which mm-hmm. you can listen to Dave Chang's podcast here about how the international food section shouldn't exist anymore in modern day culture, but that's not for us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus mine that has like two and a half aisles of it in my hometown. Uh, the one that I go to for my grandparents' groceries, I'm pretty sure the international food aisle is also with like candy and soup. See, like, like that's the thing, and it's so hard. Yeah, but like I walk, I like look and I see. Ah, huh, Hershey bars. Mm. Ooh, Skittles. And I look to the other side and it's just like teriyaki, soy. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm, those are interesting types of beans right there. Yeah. They're all different flavors. Um, yeah. Stop and shop. Sluts. So maybe... no, just to keep... Gonna... Well, to keep the alliteration. Yeah, but I was going to think the stop and shop spenders because stop and shop is always aggressively more expensive than most other grocery stores and I don't know why. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's just it's trying to compete. But do you need to like I don't know? So our where we went to college, the basically the only grocery store in that town is a stop and shop. Correct. Overpriced for whatever it is. We'd go for like four things, and it immediately for whatever reason come up to a hundred dollars. It's like Costco, but Costco is great. Well, as I say the four things would probably be like toilet paper. Well, let's get a sixty-four pack roll. Well, yeah, yeah, do the price economics, and then you're like, okay, well per per sheet, mm-hmm. this one's clearly the best one. It's just the the largest package. 27 boxes of rice pilaf for eight bucks deal. That's what happens when I go to Costco. I have like yeah. a thing in Costco too. You can't, you got to break the seal at some point in Costco and you don't know what's going to do it. That's the worst part. When you some... break the seal, like buy something ridiculously surplus. No, I mean like, so I walk, like you go in, you go with like a plant. Like I buy their chicken thighs like a lot. Yeah. It's like what I make during the week. So I get yep. like one big six pack of chicken thighs. Mm-hmm. And then once it's in the cart, every other purchase decision from that point on is somehow easier. It, like, I can get all the way to the back of the store in the butcher section, get the chicken thighs, and all of a sudden I am susceptible to buying literally anything you put in front of my face. It's just how it goes. 84-pack of uh, ladles? Yeah, yeah. I, you never yeah. know when you're going to need a ladle. I might have a lot of punch one day, and, and people are coming over. They all need their own ladle. It's COVID mm-hmm. times. Exactly. It all makes sense. Mm-hmm. You come across the golf section in Costco, all of a sudden you're buying like 16 wedges just because they're sold in a three-pack. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually been to a Costco. There's a golf section at Costco. No, there isn't a golf section, but they have, they, so Kirkland brand, so Costco, Kirk, Kirkland's Costco's in-house brand. They produce golf equipment. And uh, what that is, is they, they, have, they produce a putter. Uh-huh. Golf club. They produce gloves. Uh-huh. Uh, balls that are similar, I've heard, to Titleist balls, but don't quote me on that. I haven't hit one. Yep. And wedges. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. So the wedges are sold like a three pack. Apparently they're quite good, but I haven't I haven't needed wedges to buy them. Uh, the putter looks visibly similar to like a Scotty Cameron, but I'm a hundred percent. There's some golf person that's listening screaming at the phone right now because it's probably made with rocks compared to a Scotty Cameron. <laughs> And I do want to get the gloves because I want that Kirkland brand drip when I'm on the golf course. Because why, <laughs> why keep buying Footjoy gloves when I could just have Kirkland brand gloves? That's true. And you could represent. You could probably get them to sponsor you if you wore them. That would be the dream. Just the everyman golfer with the everyman wholesale large bulk product store. Get your <laughs> golf gloves and 150 pack of Depends. Call it a day. Well, I got my wedges from Costco and my driver I got in the mail through the postal service, the actual postal service. It's their brand of driver. 
Wouldn't that be awesome? Like if they use like old, <laughs> they use the old postal vans to make like all. Oh god, that'd be hysterical. Yeah. Hey, maybe we can make the uh, postal service profit positive again with our golf initiative. Yeah, but is the postal service supposed to even be? No, posi- it's not. Like, and our government, our government's made it seem like it should be, but it's not. It should be a loss again. Another topic. Yeah. <laughs> for another day, the post service. Um, yeah, we well, want to get on with our podcast. We should. We have a, a jam-packed rundown today. We've already done 15 yes. minutes about margaritas and Costco. We have a trailer of the week this week. Yes, we do. Uh, the latest trailer of the week is The Tomorrow War, starring Chris Pratt. Uh, this is a new Amazon movie. I believe it comes. When does it come out? Uh, on July 2nd, so not too far from now. Um, its premise is... People are fighting a war in the future and come to the present to get more people to fight the war in the future because they're losing. Um, <laughs> I watched this trailer. The trailer's not much, to be completely honest. Uh, it's just pretty much essentially what I said is what they give you. And then we were just seeing a lot of shots of Chris Pratt in tactical gear. And, Doing tactical things. Yeah. And like everyone's serious because it's a time. I'm The premise seems cool. Uh, I just the, I wish the trailer had a little bit more to give us. Like you don't even get an idea of like what Chris Pratt's character is. I I hope he's not Chris Pratty. Uh, I hope he's a little bit more stern concerning the premise of the movie is we're losing a war in the future, and our best plan is let's go back in time and get people from the past to help fight in the future war. Oof, that's a that's a concept, <laughs> right? So just off the cuff, yeah, they're go they're losing so badly. The scientists are like, we could go back and get more people. How does that help anyone? Yeah, but that's also them, which we're kind of talking about it later in the rundown, a different time thing. But it's like they're accepting, well, if we go back in time and pull people from the past, that will mess up the Like, it's a weird singular time. It's a weird concept. They're breaking every, like, we have, like, Endgame that did all, like, the time jokes and everything mm-hmm. about how it works. This is, like, legitimately just pissing all over that idea well you know why it works because star lord wasn't there so he didn't hear that conversation that's why his movie does this now true and there's a solid cast here chris pratt yep yvonne shravosky which is she's from chuck correct the last thing i remember her from i'll be honest uh jk simmons sam richardson decent set of actors here theo vaughn comedian theo vaughn which i'm expecting he's gonna be like more than likely he's the like uh comic relief i'm guessing a soldier from the future who's just like you guys don't even know like there's aliens that were fighting i mean like now seeing that theo vonden is like i actually want to see what he's up to in this movie i i kind of hope he's that guy who's just like you guys see how crazy our plan is we're traveling back in time to get more people to fight this war in the future why don't we just live in the past so i have to ask so this movie's gonna come in around 100 or sorry 140 minutes which is over two hours Mm mm-hmm this should be like a summer 97-minute movie in my mind. It probably should, but I actually seeing... Well, it's 140, so let's just say last 10 is credits, so 130. That's About two doing. hours. Yeah, I'm actually... That in, excites me, because that at least tells me, like, there'll be time where we can follow the characters and maybe get ourselves invested in this f- future war that's now in the present. Um, I think if it were 90 minutes, then I'd be more concerned, because then it would feel like a 90s summer blockbuster in the sense that like it's not giving us the audience enough to work with it that it is so much just like oh they're running from scene oh wow they're from the future oh wow okay what cool future technology is there oh nothing really we just have this time travel thing that's the most advanced thing Uh, oh oh you're wearing the same jeans that i'm wearing right now that's the past oh man did you guys get like a new iphone yet no this literally happens tomorrow sorry (laughs) tomorrow war (gasps) oh wow you nailed. That's the plot. I know. Look, I'm gonna say it. You'll say it. I'm, do it. I'm not excited for this movie. <sighs> wow. Which is like one of our first ones that we've, I've had to we've had to do that too. But the the premise of this movie sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. And Wikipedia calls it a military science fiction action film, which is like a great category if that's a new category of film we've created. Um, so I think it's important to call out that type of thing. Yeah. But. I don't. So the aliens show up, and as they're fighting the aliens, the, the scientists are like, "This is what I'm imagining, right?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh, we can time travel." And they're like, "Well, we're we're losing. Maybe I'm sure I'm minimizing it to the idea of like the Wikipedia thing saying we have to draft new soldiers from the past to, to fight the war in the future. 
I'm sure it's going to be some timeline jump thing where it's like the further people go back, the aliens will show up then. And they can solve it back then. Similar to a movie we're going to talk about immediately following this. Yes. More than likely. Um, I just wanted to talk about this movie because I feel uh, it's nice. I like seeing Marvel uh, actors in something other than Marvel projects because it's interesting. And this, I just saw Chris Pratt and I was like, ooh, what's he doing that's not Star-Lord? Um, and this movie was another movie that got pushed and affected due to uh, COVID. So it's been kind of sitting around for a little while. So but yeah, the Tomorrow War coming to Amazon. It's an original movie. Yep. Uh, what do you want to give a preemptive Tomorrow War uh, score? One out of ten bad time travel jokes. Oh, wow. One out of ten. That's, I think that might be the worst. Uh, definitely the worst preemptive score you've ever given. Oh, yeah. I, I have no qualms in just calling this movie right out. Oh, wow. Um, hmm. Well, now I don't want to seem like I, I love it. Uh, but I'll go with a maybe a... A four out of eight uh, Chris Pratt looking at a photo of somebody lost in the future who maybe somehow there's a subplot where it's like, I could save them. And everyone's like, what? No, <laughs> you can't. There's, uh, Yeah. But I just wanted to talk about this uh, little movie that's coming out soon. Yeah. This little movie starring big name actors and directors and everyone involved. Uh, coming out on Amazon. Yeah, but uh, you know the director, Chris McC- McKay, you know what else he did that uh, I know you do enjoy? No, I don't. Not the a, Lego not Batman it. movie. He directed it. Oh, and he was the co-director of the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. this poor, poor man. Poor? I don't know. He's he's probably do, he's got that Lego Batman money. Oh, oh no, I, I'm not saying financially poor. I'm just saying the oh, fact okay. that he made a movie about bad time travel. <laughs> That's all. We'll see. Maybe this will be the most authentic and... Uh, best time travel uh, scenario movie beating out Back to the Future. This guy is also attached to a Nightwing live action movie and a Johnny Quest movie. He has so many better things in the pipeline for himself than this movie, depending I, on how it goes. I feel like the Nightwing movie could be mistaken. I feel like that's been like pretty much it hasn't been canceled, but it, they also aren't working on it for real. Like Warner Brothers hasn't officially been like, we're done because it'd be who, who's Nightwing. Like, we don't even really know who our Batman is. You know what I mean? Was it a Robert Pattinson? Well, it's him. But at the same time, like, we just don't know how the whole DC world works. Because also Robert Pattinson, Batman, that's supposed to be his second year as Batman. So, like, if anything, like, I, I would expect maybe at the end of the movie, if anything, Nightwing, like, not Nightwing, but Robin would be like, you're going to be my Robin. But even then, it's like, who knows? But... Uh, I'm ex- I'm shocked that it still says he's working on the Nightwing movie, considering how DC is still all over the place. And like, what was it? Two months ago, they canceled the uh, the Trench and uh, New Gods, even though those were like once again years in the works already. Yeah, I mean, for the record, when you when you hover over uh, the Nightwing in his profile, it does bring mm-hmm. you to uh, the just the DC EU page. So mm-hmm. that said, Johnny Quest, though, super interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, the most recent funny thing I can think about Johnny Quest, though, is the, all the, the Mike Pence memes. Yes. Because those are absolute, like, fire. Wherever you find the, the Mike Pence with the, as, like, a jokingly the guy, Johnny Quest acquaintance with white hair, hysterical. Simply put, hysterical. And that's all I need to see a Johnny Quest movie is knowing that that might just the idea that I could imagine whoever, whatever actor plays that gentleman as Mike Pence. Go for hey, it. Hey, well, I mean, Mike Pence is a he's, a, he's not the vice president anymore. He, maybe he will. Maybe he'll be the guy in Johnny Quest. Good for him. He got a pacemaker. He's kicking. Yeah. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I'd rather not watch Mike Pence act, but so be it. Anyway. Yeah. So wait, what do you give? Did you give the tomorrow war score? Yeah, I gave it a four out of eight. Uh, Chris Pratt saying, looking at like a photo of a lost one, a love, lost loved one that he lost in the future, and then maybe a subplot of him be like, "I can save them." You remember when I yes. made that great yeah, joke that you specifically said, "Hey, Shane, I'll never forget that joke you just said." You said that. I'm just ch- keeping us honest. Keeping us honest. All right. Mm-hmm. So next up, we have a movie that has had a wonderful release cycle. Um, since it was announced and then pushed back due to COVID numerous times. And it came out last September. Yes. And is now on HBO Max. Our dear, our very dear HBO Max, Tenant by yes. Christopher Nolan. 
Mm-hmm. His, let's see, what film is this? Uh, this is his 10th film. I think it actually might be. Is it his 10th film? Off the top of my head? Uh, I'll look it up. But what did you think of 10? I've already watched, I watched this a while ago. I've watched it now a couple times since. I rewatched it for this as well yep. because I wanted to make sure I was up. What did you think of it on your first uh, run through? So I watched it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought this was an incredibly well done film. I was a little confused at certain points, but I think I carried it through to the end and it kind of made sense to me in the end. Um, can you I, give the, oh, sorry to cut you off, but can you give the listeners a brief uh, synopsis of what Tenet is before we go into deep dive spoilers? Oh, let me try. So we start the movie in a Kiev opera house in the Ukraine, and you're seeing like a, a terrorist operation happening live, but also like a SWAT team trying to stop the terrorist attack. And our protagonist, also known as protagonist, uh, Joseph David Washington, who's a fantastic actor, uh, is trying to stop it as it happens. And then he is saved by someone unfiring a bullet through him. Following that, he is um, not initiated into the group called Tenant, but I'd say he's kind of like forced to join Tenant because they're like, you're dead anyway. And uh, thus begins a multi-country heisty kind of plot movie which is really great meets up with robert pattinson who absolutely mm-hmm. kills in this movie much to mm-hmm. the chagrin of my text message yesterday yes i was when you and what kills me more is when you say that and you're like oh i still have more of the movie to go how dare you how dare you say <laughs> oh robin like you you said specifically oh robin pattinson's like all right and it's like how dare you? yeah i think i good. said pretty good he's pretty good but it was more so the idea that you're like ah oh, he might not be no he rob pattinson's great at whatever he does and also, real quick, uh, Tenet is Christopher Nolan's 11th film. Okay. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's a very beautiful movie. Lots of interesting concepts. You, you mentioned an unfiring of a bullet. So those listening, objects from the future are coming backwards in time. But not how I feel like we would normally in movies see it where we don't see it. They just appear. Yep. Instead, the objects are here. But they just, oh, what's the, I'm trying to think of the specific word they use instead of like momentum. Oh, they were inverted. Thank you. They're inverted, but I meant like their trajectory or whatnot is entropy. moving backwards. Thank you. Their entropy is moving uh, backwards. Um, it's a, it takes a little while, and they also don't throw a lot of it at you up front in the movie. So it kind of gives you the time to work out the kinks of what the mechanics are, but then also give your brain time to process when you see it, what's about to happen. Yep. What did you think of some of the scenes that are moving backwards in times? Were you, yeah, go. I think they were really well done. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest ones, obviously, spoiler alert, as Shane said, the uh, kind of kind of final fight scene mm-hmm. as they're trying to stop the algorithm from being activated that will destroy the Earth. Yes, um, that one was really well done. I felt where there we was have, the oh please sorry the red and blue teams want the blue team inverted the red team not inverted. And they're both kind of fighting at the same time, but you see like a building fall down and then go back up, but then fall down again because they knocked it over again. I thought it was really well done. I also thought the incredible scene at the Freeport when they go back and Joseph David Washington realized that he's fighting himself. Yeah. And he's shooting into the into the glass between the two turnstiles mm-hmm. was really well done as well. But also what I realized in that scene, not to jump a little bit, the first time they fought, and I'm not saying this like I had some like great premonition, I was like I felt like he was fighting. It felt in that scene that he was the first time that he was fighting and he kind of knew what was going on, but then things kept on changing on him. Like he'd get close and then they'd be like, oh, he just did a backflip. And I was like, that seems like there's going to be something else there. But that's just me. No, I completely understand. They, in both fights, when you watch it, what's great is you get to see it from both perspectives of the same character one moving forward in time, one moving backwards. Um, both times in the fights, there's a point where the protagonist understands what's happening his first time fighting when he's moving forward in time and someone's moving backwards. Um, like it takes him a little while to kind of understand how the guy is fighting up until that point, he's getting his butt kicked, but yep. then he finally, like he kind of figures out the rhythm. The same thing happens again when he's moving backwards in time, fighting his forward self where he kind of just like, he remembers, Oh wait, like I am in control. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. I know what I have to do, which is like, I got to throw myself down the hallway. I got to shoot the gun, but I don't, I'm not aiming for him. I'm purposely waiting till he's out of the way to shoot, which is so f- fun to watch it the second time. Cause it's like the first time in the fight, you're like, Oh my God, he, oh, that was so close. But then moving backwards in time, it's like, 
he, he specifically is like, okay, you're off there, fire. Right. Yep. Oh, now you're out of the way, fire. Like, it's great. And this movie is so good that halfway through it, you get to see so much again that you get to be like, oh my God, they were just, Robin Pattinson was just around the corner the entire time during the scene. Like, oh, that's so interesting. I liked it. Yeah. And th- yeah, and then, oh, I, I, do you, what do you feel about the algorithm? Because I feel like it's kind of a, like, once you realize it's a physical object, it's kind of a MacGuffin. Oh, it absolutely is. Uh, for the listeners, the algorithm throughout the movie, uh, there are nine pieces of the algorithm. And this is essentially just a device similar to that, I guess, of a bomb. It's not really supposed to be a bomb. But this device will allow everything to be turned backwards in time. Because the premise, what we kind of learned throughout it, is that there are people in the future who are trying to save the future because everything's the oceans are dried up. There's uh, plants are, are growing. People are dying. They want to turn things back and have the past fix its mistakes. That way the future can be lush and, and healthy and everyone can survive. But of course, throughout the movie, there's a lot of conflicting of like, well, can they even do that? I love, it's a great line from Robert Pattinson where he's asked like, well, will that work? Like if us, they do it, it's like, it doesn't matter if they think it will work. We have to stop them. Like that doesn't, who cares if it will work and help them? It's going to screw us over. So we have yep. to stop it, which is a great way, I feel, to keep the motivation. In the, like, it doesn't matter, like, is this the right thing? It's like, yeah, but then we all just die. Because as you're watching the movie, if you're inverted, you can't actually breathe oxygen. You have to have your own private supply because otherwise you would be breathing out essentially the entire time. It's, that, it's a, There's a lot of that that's really interesting Yeah, in how they portrayed it. Mm-hmm. It's so... It's really, yeah, like when the car explodes and you're like, oh my God, he's about to be burned. I kind of expected, because once he started going inverted, I kind of pieced together that, oh, that Freeport fight, that was probably him. I expected that kind of in a way at that point. But yep. I thought, oh, the reason he's covered up and had like all the SWAT gear covered face is because he got burned. But oh. then it, he wakes up and it's like, oh, congratulations, you're the first person to get hypothermia from being set on fire. Because he wasn't burnt. Because even though he was on fire, it's in reverse. His body was losing heat instead of catching on fire. Just, ugh. It's so trippy. I will watch it again. I know I know. soon. It was that good of a movie where I felt it is long. Mm-hmm. And it does, I, like, around the time I texted you, I was like, how much more time is in this movie? But then it really does, it does make use of all that time. Yep. Quite I well. think a benefit, too, is on your rewatch, you have the extra of like oh well now i know like this is that person that person's doing this at all this time all these things are happening so it's fun to rewatch knowing that it's not like if i were to ascend i don't know put on fast five for the second time like yeah fast five's good but there's not much like many twists or anything that would be like when rewatching. i'm like oh my god like uh or a harry potter movie where it's like snape was the good guy Yep. This is a good movie where it's like, no, you can rewatch it a few times before you're like, okay, I got to space it out now. Give myself a breather of it. But a great movie, beautifully shot. It just looks fantastic, the, the entire thing. Um, what did you think of the score uh, from Ludwig Göransson? Excuse me. I thought the score is great. Mm-hmm. I think that does lead us into sound editing. Yep. Which was a problem for this movie, mm-hmm. according to early reviews and everything else. I, I, the only time I had a problem with the sound editing was the first scene in the in the opera house. I messaged you and I was like, "This is the quietest terrorist attack known to man." Mm-hmm. Like in in motion picture, let's not elaborate there. But it, it felt so quiet, and I was like, I was actively like adjusting the volume on my TV throughout different scenes. And it does happen in the movie where some like some background sounds become super loud we spoke on this last week but like i watch with subtitles all the time so mm-hmm. like, i didn't really miss a lot of the like the the dialogue because of the sound but i still thought it was incredibly well done i wish i had like massive surround sound to listen to the movie in yep um yeah i really enjoy the soundtrack is so, so very prevalent in the movie it's a big it almost feels like no one was trying to use the soundtrack as a character yep um because there are many scenes where like people are talking and the music uh, the uh, breaking down the Freeport uh, heist scene um, when they're planning it all, like the music is just pretty much on top of everything. Even some scenes where, like, the guy giving Robert Pattinson's character uh, the tour, like you don't even hear what he's saying. But in a way, it doesn't matter. You don't really need to know what he's saying. It's more like, oh, we're seeing he's being shown around all these rooms. Um, 
but I really enjoyed the score. Fun little tidbits is, especially during the final uh, fight sequence, fights in quotations, no, it's a battle. Anyway, um, Ludwig uses the same score, but when you're inverted, the song's inverted. It's like, Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and it's, he does a lot of stuff like that. That's really interesting that I enjoyed. Uh, he's great. He's been showing up now all the time. I, I, when he gets attached to a film, it's now like exciting. Like, who? What will that be? Like him and Hans Zimmer are, I would say, like my two favorite composers. Where it's like you hear his name, it's like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, that's the Mandalorian guy and Black Panther guy. Ooh, yes. Um, I'd briefly admit, a lot of set pieces in this movie. Definitely a lot of set pieces. A lot of interesting set pieces, especially like the the boat race. Mm-hmm. Very interesting set piece. Yep. I. Here's one question that I kind of have. Maybe you'll know. I have no real idea. During the boat race scene, and this is like, for listeners, this is like sailboats with like having to use... Like the, America's Cup racing boats. Yes. Um, at one point, uh, oh, what's, what's his, the, his name? Uh, Sater, who's played by... Uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, he's Kenneth Branagh. Sorry. Um, Kenneth Pratt, who plays uh, Sater, who's essentially the bad guy. Well, not essentially. He is the bad guy. Um, he gets thrown overboard. And then John David Washington's character, the protagonist, like turns the boat around. And then Elizabeth, the bricky cat, she goes, you can't like drive a boat like this. And he goes, you can when you need to. What is he doing? I don't get what he was doing that you can't do on a boat. That He just turned around. I think that's what I think it's the, the rapid turn because he mm-hmm. literally just like cranks the mast because it's like a hard mast to the other direction the boat kind of just does a j turn Mm -hmm. okay i've never been on a boat of that of that caliber Mm -hmm. so i have no idea if it's impossible i assume i it doesn't seem physically possible i feel like you'd you'd end up tipping at some point well that was kind of what when he when he immediately did it then i was like wait that's why i was like what did he do wrong like what was he not supposed to do like he did the thing he but um but yeah you have the boat race scene you have the opening opera scene which regardless of the set, I think it's fantastic. Like, because you have a lot of questions. You just have uh, the protagonist's character just in the back of a truck. They put on the SWAT patches and you learn they're from the CIA who's trying to grab someone real quick during all this mayhem. Uh, we have the scaling of the building in, was it India? Yeah. Yes. Uh, in India with the bungee cords, which was so uh, interesting. Yeah. The slingshot. Mm-hmm. When, when that's right after we meet Neil's character played by Robert Pattinson. We have the Freeport high scene twice, both uh, regular time and inverted, um, which that's great. And we get uh, what's he, the guy who hijacks the plane. I love it. He was great in this movie. He doesn't do a lot, but it's just like a nice little side character who you're like, oh, like stick around for a couple more scenes, man. Come on. No, you're, you're great. Um, we have the heist of the what we think we don't know what it is at the time. It's part of the algorithm on the highway using five different trucks. Then we have it again inverted. And then we have the final uh, battle at the end with the two blue and red teams going at it, inverted in regular time. A lot of set pieces in this. I mean, they crashed a whole ass plane for, for yeah. one of the set pieces. Like, it, oh, it looks so good. They're not fucking around here. Nah. Chris Nolan, Christopher Nolan doesn't. He's like, nah, I'm going to. It also is like, it's cheaper and it will look better if we just crash a real plane instead of doing it all CGI. Which I thought was kind of fun. I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was I think it was more interesting than doing CGI or anything like that. Yeah. Um, here's a theory that people uh, have been thrown out. It's about Neil Robert Pattinson's character. Okay. People believe that Neil is Cat's son, and that that's how the protagonist knew him and recruited him, because Cat's uh, son is Maximilian, and if you take the last four letters of Maximilian and reverse it, it's Neil. Okay. Yeah. And they have similar hair colors and like people have tried to do the math. They're like, okay, like he knows, oh, the protagonist is looking over a cat or a kid. Maybe that's how they know. And then he recruits them because we learn in the end. And I thought it was a very touching scene. I don't know about you, but Neil goes back and is going to sacrifice himself and die. And we learn that him and the protagonist have been friends and that that's the end of his friendship with him. And this is the beginning for the protagonist and their friendship. Were you emotional at all? No, I wasn't emotional. It was uh, it was tough to watch, and I kind of wondered. You have that scene with uh, the protagonist Neil and Ives, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Well, I thought I I was like, all right, maybe this is like a, a standoff, like a three way mm-hmm. standoff situation." And then all of a sudden, it becomes immediately diffused, and I was yep. like, "All right, 
We'll see how it goes. I was played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. Was a nice little surprise when he shows up halfway through the movie, and is just like, "Hey, I run this squad," and we're just like, "Wait, what? Who's this guy?" Of all these inverted people that are just running around, he was another. He was another character. Where I'm just like, "Ah, oh, like, man, just keep showing up, man!" And like, he's just like, "This is cowboy shit." And I'm just, <laughs> yeah. But then it's funny because we learn. Like the protagonist who's doing this cowboy shit is the one that created the unit that Ives is working for. Yep. Like that's uh, that's uh, that's why I really enjoy this movie. Most a lot of Nolan's films, like The Prestige and like Interstellar, I feel like they have all these aspects where rewatching you're just like, oh, this is all set up. Like it's already like, oh, you guys have, you guys are just going through the motions, which that's yeah, it's a reverse pincer and yeah. Uh, Great. So I have one question that I maybe I didn't realize mm-hmm. it happened. How do they set how far back they're going in time with the turnstile? It's just immediate. I think it's just the, it's the time of the spin of the turnstile. They're not like picking any specific point in time. It's just however long it takes the turnstile to turn is how far essentially back you go. Interesting. Yeah. Because you enter and exit at the same time. So it's just like, that's pretty much it. It's not an immediate, like you walk as if you walk through a portal or anything like that. It's no, it's like you go in, it spins around. And then when you pop out, you come back through both ends. And that's why they're like, you don't enter a turnstile without seeing yourself. Come on the, the other, other side. side. Yeah. Which then I feel like that'd be, that's just to be like, if someone's waiting there, like, where am I? Like, I should be here by now. Well, interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, very interesting things that I liked about the movie. The actors had to learn how to do the fight choreography in reverse, but uh, like Kenneth Branagh, he's an Irish actor who plays a Russian and he had to learn how to do speak backwards, but with a Russian accent. So weird. Yeah. And so, there's, so like, weird. You can find some like behind the scenes photos where it's like he had like just written on the wall, like on the glass stuff, just like everything but phonetically. And it just looks like just it's gibberish. It's just uh, eat, and like, oh, I can't even do it because it's all. Yeah. Huh. Painful. Yeah. Really like this movie. What do you could... give this movie? Hmm. I give this movie. Uh... Honestly, I think I might even just give it a nine and a half out of ten. I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago. <laughs> uh, just because my only flaw watching this was like the sound editing, but now when I watch it, I usually watch it on my laptop with my headphones, so now it's not an issue at all because that's just locked in. There's nothing else distracting me. Yeah, but yeah, this is just a really another great collect addition to the collection of Nolan films. Where it's just like cool. It's an interesting concept that makes you think, and the performance is great. Everyone's John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, uh, Elizabeth Debicki, um, Kenneth Branagh. Everyone's great. Cool. You, what do you give it? We give it a nine out of ten. Uh, Michael Caine cameos. Yep. So, yeah, Sir Michael. They just—that's just Nolan being like, "Hey, so do you want to have lunch? Sit down, and just have your own name for an hour one day and be my movie." Right. Give, give them like the the pages day of and hope for the best. I wouldn't be shocked if like they I, they were just on the table or like in front of him when he did his his lines. That was the newspaper. Yeah, and like not even like, and that's not me like dissing him as an actor or anything. That's just like, that's just Christopher Nolan. Like, hey, do you want to be in my, like, you're always in my movies. It's always nice to have you. Like, we can do it in it. Like, it'll be nothing. Like, it'll be easy. there's no me needing you to go to a bat cave and, and suture a man. All raw. Take two days, I swear. At, at most. And that's, he's only been for one scene. That's it. And he's never brought up, like, like there's a few people that just kind of pop in and out in this movie. And you're just like, oh, okay. Yep. But, but his, I feel like the most where you're just like, that's it, as soon as it, you're going to meet a man, Sir Michael. I was just like, okay, I know exactly who is about to pop up. We know what's coming. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's it's an excellent film. I recommend if you have HBO Max, check it out there. Um, so many good movies on HBO Max these days. Yep. If you Hard have a, a VHS copy of this, let us know. We would love to uh, get our hands on it. Would you watch this on VHS? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would absolutely. Because part of me, I bet it wouldn't. Like if it had the grain, excuse me, I could like tell myself like this was a movie related released in the nineties, just with like amazing visual effects and like yeah. great quality. 
Yeah. But would you watch it in a 4-3 aspect ratio? Oh, yeah. You know, I, that doesn't bother me one God, bit. I don't understand why. If anything, I bet it would look weird because the movie was not formatted for 4-3 and then it would be Switch. And having seen it now so many times out of 4-3 that I'd be like, what's up with this? This all looks so scrunched up. Yep. But if I watch it the first time in 4-3, I'm not going to go, this is BS. I'll go, oh, that's a really interesting take. I like this because I like it. Mr. I hate the 4-3. I hate the 4-3. Uh, not the four three defense though. So I'm gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do a, we have like a little couple like a grab bag real quick. Yeah. Um, Shane, do you want to hear a story for my Friday? Love it. Uh, the Saturday of the Kentucky Derby or the NFL draft? Hmm. Kind of want to talk Kentucky Derby. I love hearing stories about you on, on your Fridays, but I kind of want to talk Kentucky Derby. All right, we'll start there. So All the right. Kentucky Derby was Saturday night. Yes. Race kicked off at Churchill Downs at 6.58 p.m. Mm-hmm. Do you know who won? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Medina Spirit. Medina Spirit, yes. A Bob Baffert horse. Yes, which Bob Baffert. Uh, you know what I like about all horse owners? They all look like they would sit behind a desk and whisper in a bodyguard's ear, and then I'd get beat up. Like, he just, he looks like the guy that's like, yeah, I own horses, and I, I race them, and I also put hits out on people yeah I, he has that he has the the look yes Bob Baffert, he, the white suit or the like no sorry the white hair and the blue sunglasses mm-hmm. he'd be a villain if he wore a white suit yeah definitely yeah. you know who he does remind me of i who? hate to say this uh will farrell's character in eastbound and down uh yep. ashley schaefer mm-hmm. yep nope i see it yep absolutely okay, all right yeah uh but yeah Medina Spirit won the race. Um, I learned a lot about horse betting on Saturday. And please explain, because as someone who doesn't do any types of betting, I try to avoid my gambling as much as there possible. There are a lot of things you can bet, apparently, mm-hmm. in horse racing. Mm-hmm. You can do, like, there's the, the, the normal, like, the exactas and the trifectas and the superfectas. Mm-hmm. And there's the, the super, super fives. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these little modifiers you can click on to things. Like you can add like a little key, so you can like pick like the horse to win, but then everyone else can come in whatever order they want. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't help. I Did you make any bets? I, I made a few bets. Did you win on Medina Spirit? Uh, well, he can't. So I had, I did have Medina Spirit. I think coming in third, but technically in horse racing, that still counts as like a win place show. Mm-hmm. So I got, I did, I did make a little bit of money back. Oh, clap, clap. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I was with a couple of friends of ours who explained horse racing to me or explained horse betting to me based on their prior knowledge of it. And I just, it's tough to understand. That's like all I'm getting at here is one, they do odds the, the fractional way. So it's like yep. seven, seven over two, which mm-hmm. is just like 3.5 to one. Just give me the, the raw math. Yep. Ah, It's fun. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. It's fun to be like, it's the derby. I think every year I try to just like, See something happen. Did you dress up? No, I didn't. Uh, come on, Scuba. It's hard. It's a pandemic. You could have dressed up for the uh, Kentucky Derby. I dressed up. Did you really? Yeah, I wore my nicest work jeans and my nicest work black shirt. Exactly. Oh, I looked so nice. I think one year, while I'm still, while we're still like in our twenties, I'd like to rent out a bar for it and like throw a par- proper derby party. Well, you got. I got three more years. You got four more years. I got like four, like three and a half at this point. Um, we don't have to. Okay. Well, three and three quarters. Anyway, because <laughs> I think it's. I think it's great. I'd like to go to the Kentucky Derby. I know it's also now like an NFL paparazzi ground because mm-hmm. it seems like every year it's like Edelman, Brady, and like thirty other NFL players are all hanging out. Aaron Rodgers was there. Yes. Yes. Aaron Rodgers was there. Um, yeah. I just. Yeah. So interesting to me. Yeah, I've never never ridden a horse. I think I've said that before on the podcast. So watching horse races is just like, okay, oh oh, so people are racing the thing I've never done. Interesting, interesting. Um, but it's nice. I had people at the bar who uh, they got there at like noon to have food, and they're like, "Can we just sit and wait for the the race?" And I I was like, "Yeah, sure," not knowing that the race was like three and a half hours later. Oh, so goodness. Just, yeah. So I was like, oh, you guys are just going to sit here for a while. Oh, and you're not going to get anything else. Oh, okay. And then when the race happened, like, five people came at the bar, and I was like, you guys can't be all standing around the bar. Like, they're like, we just want to watch it. And I go, no, I understand that, but, like, I can't have you all 
none of you are even so, like keeping distance from each other. You're all on top of each other. Get back to your tables. Yeah. Shoo, shoo, ha. The ho- it's only it's like literally the horse is, the race is so quick. Yeah. That it's hard to even I don't know. I like literally it was like, oh it's starting. I had like a plate of food in my lap and I was like, okay, I'll wait. Like I'm gonna watch this now. But then you're yep. like you wanted to win. Yeah. I don't know. I always want a long shot to win. I want the guy with like sixty to one odds to win. Mm-hmm. Just the to- person who's like, My horse isn't here, I'll just run it. By on the <laughs> On his own two feet and a pair yep. of Nikes just going crazy. You know, Rich, I'm impressed. He's keeping pace. He's he's keeping – no one thought he could do that. Incredible conditions for him today. It's not too hot, not too cold, humidity's down. I've heard his diet of three beers a night is absolutely helping him right now. Light beers, he said. He switched to light beers as soon as he heard the horse wasn't healthy enough. Gotta keep him training. Bob Baffert has seven – Derby championships. Oh wow! This is a monopoly. I I don't trust this guy anymore. You, you trust him to begin with? No, not at all. I don't know the man. I can't speak on that. No, nah, I still don't. I don't care. I don't trust him. I don't trust a man that has seven Kentucky Derby winning horses. That's too many. Well, he's a trainer. Oh, he's a trainer. Okay, I didn't know he was a trainer. Yeah, I was gonna he's say a trainer. I was gonna say like. How much time is this guy putting in the horses? But now that he's a, he's a trainer, it's like, oh, okay, he's putting a fair amount. This isn't just some owner who's like going to some ones like, which horse should I buy today? This horse? Okay, I bought Okay. Well, it's crazy. Like Medina Spear was like a $1,000 horse that all of a sudden won the kid. Oh, my. Like, wow. It's trained up to win How much Kentucky did Derby. Seabiscuit cost? I don't know. Probably maybe 1000 No, it probably did not cost 1000 because that was around the Great Depression. Good movie. So equivalent of 1000 Yes. Six dollars. Six dollars and my daughter. I had to sell my daughter to the horse owner to marry. Different time. Yeah. So uh, on Friday. Yes. I'm going to share this. So I have to, I Please. I agree about this. Um, we, I was on Newberry Street, parked, mm-hmm. had to run into a store, come back. You know, I, was in a, I was in a metered spot and everything. Yep. So I come back. We come back in like 15, 20 minutes. Maybe, it might have been a little bit longer even. I'll give it a longer timeline. And there's a car parked, double parked, next to our car. So parallel to your car? Parallel to my car, blocking me in completely. Mm -hmm. I have no, like, no way out. So I get to the car, and I'm kind of standing there, and I'm like, well, this sucks. I give, we gave it about 10 minutes, and I was like, you know, there's, like, no Starbucks around here. As long as he's running for Starbucks, like, where, like, where's the driver at this point? Yep. So I get out and I start like I was gonna start walking on the block to find like a like a traffic traffic cop or someone to be like, hey, can you give me a ticket at least so I get like some sort of vindication <laughs> out of this? Because at this point, after ten, like I was on a tight time and he was fucking up the the speed of the rest of my evening. Yeah, and so I go, I turn around and there's a, I see this guy like walking towards the car and he gets close up to the car where he like blips the doors and I go, hey buddy, next time how will we like pick it up? All right, and he was just like he like gave me a look and got in his car. And I wanted to. Jackass, we've been here for like 10 minutes. Yeah. So we he pulls forward, we get out. There's a bunch of us flipping him off and him flipping us off. Nice. Who does this though? Like, all right, have you ever had to double park a car? Um, no, I've never had to double park a car. Okay. Uh, real quick question when you flip someone off, is your thumb out or not? No, you... I tuck the thumb. The thumb nah. is like around my index finger. Oh, no, nah, I, I show that you, thumb. I get it. You go like full Dane Cook on it. Um, I'm looking at how I'm doing it now. Uh, the thumbs aren't out like an L, that's for sure. Okay. It's, they're kind of bent. It looks like maybe I'm giving this guy some J's. Like, hey. But I usually get the thumb out there. I'm doing this to myself in the mirror right now. And uh, oh, I you're don't doing... like this. <laughs> yeah, well, you're flipping yourself off. I'm just doing it into the ether. You're yeah, flipping... but like, you don't t- like, I feel like even just like pulling it up close to the side is better than just like, I'm going to give you a J. Nah, well, like, it's just because I can just tuck those fingers. I don't need, I don't need to keep, I don't need my thumb to get those fingers down. That's how uh, well trained my hands are flipping people off. I can just do it. It's a good skill to have, I guess. Yeah. I think the thing here is like, who <laughs> doesn't even give you a fucking courtesy wave as like an, a, like, all right, so we're in the car, right? Like, it's not mm-hmm. like I got there and I was like, like, we just walked up and he was running to his car. That's fine. Go for it, dude. You could have my parking spot. Even, hell, I'm a nice person. I had paid for two hours of parking accidentally mm-hmm. because the meters are weird. Yep. I was like, I'm the nice. I'm the kind of person. I was like, I was inclined to like 
hey, if you're gonna take my spot, take the fucking parking ticket too. Don't pay for parking at three seventy five an hour again. I already did that mistake. Yep. Instead, you handled the situation terribly, and now mm-hmm. I can't give you shit. And then he still told my parking spot. Yeah, you know, ugh, did you uh, get his license plate number and then track it and then find out where he lives? No, we just got the plate number. We didn't do the rest of it. Okay, well, you give me that information, and that guy's going to get TP'd like crazy. Even if he lives in an apartment. Allegedly. I'll do the entire uh, apartment building if I have to. That's, see, that's the whole thing, though. It's against my ethos. He, you're going to meet other people with that. This, like, it's just the simple audacity of, like, I don't know, dude. I've looped the block so many times trying to find a parking spot so I didn't have to do what he did. And it's yeah. not like he ran into a store to pick something up. He came out empty-handed. It's like, oh, that's maybe he was dropping something off then. Could have been like an Uber Eats driver, maybe. Mm-hmm. But he was dropping his kid off at the mom's house because they're divorced. Don't make a tragic story <laughs> for this asshole. That's not I'm, fair. And and that's why he took his time because he was kicking his feet on the way because he goes, oh, I don't get to see my child for so long. I hope no one's mean to me. And then you were mean to him, Scuba. Oh, I can't believe you did that to that guy. Give me his license plate and I'll send him and his kid a trip. An edible arrangement? No, yeah, a trip. No. I'll send him on a trip. It's just, like, I simply, like, I don't understand. In this no. day and age. I get it. I get it. I, the other thing, I was on, like, Reddit as I was, like, waiting. And I, everyone was like, just start beeping. Like, just lay on your horn. Someone was like, I just pull out into the car and see what happened. And I'd mm-hmm. be like, I was like, all right, it's a new version. There's people walking, people trying to enjoy food, like down the block. Like, I'm not going to just gonna lay on the horn until someone comes out. Like, that just seems like I'm like rude to everyone else. I was going to say, if anything, more people are going to be like, yo, hey, dude, you're a problem. And, and then you'd be like, no, 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 no. Let me explain. This car is blocking me. Everyone's like, no, dude. Like, we don't care. Stop. Someone else like just call like call the police, and I was like, yeah. by the time the police get here, one, he's probably going to be gone. Yep. Two, they're not going to then show up. And be like, okay, wait, the tow truck's here immediately. Let me just tow him. Yep. It, the entire the the recourse you have on mm-hmm. the people who do these things is absolutely abysmal. You should have licked the door handle on his car, and that way he would have gotten your your spit on his hand. No, see, like that, I don't want to touch his door handle with my. Okay, mouth. then just spit on his door handle a lot. I guess you could do that. Wait, me? You want me to do it? You should have no, called me. I, mean, I would have done it. You see, that, by the time you get up there, too, this, this entire chain of events takes so much time. Well, give me his license plate number, and I'll just, I'll just allegedly split, spit all over his uh, door handle. I, I'm going to see that. Like, I'm gonna, the unfortunate thing about this is I haven't, like, I didn't, I don't have the picture of the plate mm-hmm. on my phone. So I'll see it at some point, and by some stroke of my brain, I will commit, like, some part of it to memory. Oh, yeah. I will see this car parked somewhere. I'll be like, God damn it. It's this asshole again. And you're going to spit all over his door handle. No. I'm like, I'm just, it's, I'm too kind of a person for that. Uh, this is why we got to hang out more. I know. Just to have me it. here and my, my endless <laughs> amounts of spit ready to go on door handles. Uh, so the NFL draft was last week. Yes. We, uh, the Patriots made several moves. Mm-hmm. Very interesting draft class. I'll, um, I'll read it off. If we, if, if it pleases the court, of course. So there's roughly eight names on this. We have Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama. Yep, the 15th Christian, pick. 15th pick. First round quarterback pick is a first for Bill Belichick. Very yeah. interesting move. The last first round uh, quarterback that the Patriots picked. Do you know off the top of your head who it was? Uh, I do not. Drew Bledsoe, 1993. Really? Yep. Wow. And he was the first pick. And we all know how that went. Someone he came did- in. Seven years later, and fixed it. Yes, though. Hey, Bledsoe was doing a pretty good job. The this, he was. That, yes, the season before he got hurt and left, he was probably not his best season, but he brought us to the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl a couple times. So he he done a good job. But yes, then Drew Bledsoe was uh, forgotten quickly by a young buck from California, an absolute robot at playing quarterback. Yes, but now uh, Mac Jones. Mac Jones uh, coming in possibly behind Cam Newton and behind third-year backup Jared Stidham. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I there's I've been told or I read that Bill Belichick said Cam's our quarterback. That's the way we're going. Mm-hmm. So interesting that they have a, a number one QB draft. Also considering that Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have a very per, like a, a friendly relationship, yeah. as noted in their HBO documentary. Mm-hmm. My thought to this was. Um, because the Patriots, a lot of people kept speculating that they were going to move up to try and grab someone. I doubted that very early on because there has been no 
history of us doing that or trying to move up. We've usually sat where we've been. Um, picking up uh, Mac felt like uh, Bill seeing, okay, he's a pretty competent football player. He, he definitely needs some work. Yep. But from what Nick has told me, what everyone else said is that he's a really smart kid who can pretty much absorb information and has like supposedly a photogenic memory and doesn't miss anything. And Nick Saban definitely gave was honest with Bill and was like he more than like was like no this is a, a great kid. like he would fit well for Josh McDaniels offensive schemes that he does he's a pocket passer. My dream scenario is this season, it's Cam starting the entire time and then next season is the season similar to the Miami of this where it's like Ryan Fitzpatrick started and then Tua took over as like they felt he had his footing. Yep. Because we gave Cam an extension on his contract a pretty good. Uh, deal i think it's like nine million at most but he's making at least 3.6 instead of a million from last year we brought in all these weapons and i'm thinking like this is max chance to just learn because historically i feel there haven't been many quarterbacks who they're drafted and then start playing that do well so i'm not well versed up in other teams to make a to comment on that i don't think i'm off the top of my head the the best i would say is probably Actually, no, I was going to say Patrick Mahomes, but he wasn't. He actually he didn't start right away. And then I was going to – Carson Wentz isn't a great example. Sam Darnold isn't a good example. Um, you, you look at a guy – Ryan Leaf was the opposite. He was the second draft pick uh, after uh, Peyton Manning. And Ryan Leaf actually had like a pretty bad well, – horrible career. He doesn't play anymore. Um, yeah, no, he's Peyton. a great – true, but Peyton had a great career spanning how many Super Bowl wins? Was it two or three? Um, I think it was at least two because I know we got – one anyway um but like historically i feel putting in joe burrow from last year he played but they had no line for him so he got destroyed and then hurt himself and didn't play the rest of the season so when i seeing mac get picked at 15 i was like this is perfect just let him learn for a year there's it's great i think the problem with jared stidham was we brought him in we got him the year before tom left so I feel like there was like all this pressure, like, oh, who's the new kid under Tom? And Tom left. And then everyone's like, is it Jared? And it's like, no, it's not Jared. Like, he's, <laughs> it's not going to be him. And then once we picked up Cam, there was like, and there was like the early on, it was like, oh, uh, uh, Jared's our starter. And then Cam quickly took the starting position. It's like, yeah, no, he's the, he's not ready. I think he's going to be maybe traded somewhere or just kind of be a backup for a while. But I expect Mac to, in a year or two, either starting for the Patriots or like he's the locked in, he, you're our backup. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that happening. Well, I think it'll just really shake out in the preseason and mm-hmm. how everything develops there. Moving down the draft board, yeah. we're going to do a little rapid fire here. Christian Barmore out of Alabama. He's a defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patriots traded three draft picks to Cincinnati to jump ahead. I believe it was eight spots. Yep, and that was that, like the 30th something pick? 38th pick. 38th pick. Then we have defensive end Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. 96 pick. Uh, running back Rahondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma, another running back, which also I believe they're probably not or they're not going to pick up someone's like option. So I think he'll, he'll, he will fill that role. Well, because they didn't pick up uh, Sonny Michelle. They dropped him. Exactly. Which was a little hurt to hear that, but I was like, huh, okay. Does that mean he's still on the team for this year, though? I think at this moment he's not picked up, or I think he's technically on the team, but we haven't picked up his his contract. So like I think he can kind of do whatever he wants, but by season start, I think he wouldn't be allowed to pay, play unless someone else uh, picks him up because we've essentially said we don't want you, but they haven't cut him. Okay. Yeah. So We're not think, sure yet. Yeah, I think I don't really know how the, that in terms of contracts works. But yeah, pretty much us being like, okay, we're done, Sony. Like, but that's probably because they picked up a, a new guy in the draft. Um, Rex Burkhead is still around. I think he's healed up. He got hurt, which was tough to lose him last season, but he'll be back. So, yeah. Okay. So according to another picture website, that means yeah. Sony Michelle will enter free agency in twenty twenty two. No. Okay. So he's still under contract for this season. Uh, okay. But next season that'll be different. Uh, moving down the board again, Cameron McGrone out of Michigan. He's a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua Bledsoe, safety out of Missouri. Not related to Drew. No, I doubt. I don't think so. No. Uh, <laughs> offensive tackle William Sherman out of Colorado. And lastly, wide receiver Trey Nixon out of Central Florida. Yeah. Solid draft. 
Oh, absolutely. We, we picked up tons of stuff already in the season for free agency. This was, I feel, a little bit of uh, filling in some extra spots and then uh, securing longevity. Like picking up Christian uh, Barmore for a D tackle from Alabama. Like that was definitely just like, hey, like um, you and Mac know each other. It'd be great to have you two on the team. That's just, like, I feel like a nice like build up a camaraderie within the team early on by just having these guys that have already played together. It also helps that Christian Barmore is like an absolutely stellar defensive tackle. Oh yeah, that too. You know how he, yeah, he's fantastic. And also from what I like, I think it was Teddy Bruschi was doing some like press for this. And he was like, them picking that up is going to make the linebacker so happy because he's great. He knows what he's doing. And then oh, I'm just thinking, we also still got Kyle Van Noy coming back. Uh, I'm, so I'm, many players who took the COVID year option are coming back, which is going to be yep. great. Um, I was going to say Patrick Chung, but actually he retired. Um, Hightower, if I'm not mistaken, will be coming back. But yeah, this will be – I'm excited for this season. We got weapons, finally. Cam, I feel, is going to be our guy. I, I don't know. I'm not talking long-term our guy, but I'm expecting Cam. This season, I feel like, okay, like we, we, get, we got our, our foot's in the door, guys. We, we can do this. Agreed. We'll see. Yeah. We Hopefully make a deep playoff run. Yep. All I can ask for. Get us to the wild card. If we go wild card, I'm happy. Yeah? Yeah. Agreed. So, wrapping up, just a reminder for folks at home, Mythic Quest on Apple TV returns on Friday for Season 2. There's also a great um, a little interim episode between Season 1 and Season 2 that they did that was kind of special. It was real nice. Check that out. It was lovely. Yeah. It's, um, it's a great show. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Shane, do you want to tell people where they can find us? I'd love to tell them. Well, everyone who's listening, you can find us in a boatload of places. You can find us at Instagram. On, I would say on. On Instagram at Shane and Scuba Steve Show. You can find us online at www.theshaneandscubastevesshow.com where we got some episodes. We got some reviews. We got some stuff on that webpage. We, go check it out. You'll enjoy it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. And if you're there, why don't you subscribe? Why don't you give us a like? Why don't you give us five stars? Why don't you write a review? We'd appreciate it. Well, that's us. And that's our show today. See you folks next week. Later. Bye-bye.